Yes, sir, we promised you a great main event here tonight. WrestleMania! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Shoot Arrow. As Morris just said, welcome to Cheap Heat. I am Peter Rosenberg. Joining me, are you in Harlem? I am in Harlem. Joining us from Harlem World, the home, the home of Murder Mace, Killer Cam, Big L, so many more. Booker T, Stevie Ray. Exactly. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. It is Stat Guy Greg. SGG, how are you doing today? Oh, man, I'm doing real good. It's cold, but I'm doing good. Let me tell you about this cold right now. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. It is. <laughs> Whew. You walk outside. Let me tell you, when you go outside, it doesn't feel like this. It feels like this. It is, it is, it is the Mother Nature shoot arrow right now in New York. I, for anyone who's on the East Coast, it is just absolutely brick. Um, I am going to be heading to DC and then I'm making my way out to the West Coast. I'm going to be spending nearly a week at Dipperland Ranch. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. There, a lot of wrestling is going to be consumed. Uh, there's going to be a lot of Jewish angst. I'll, I'll probably, I'll probably need like to find a massage therapist, uh, by the end of the week from the amount of tension that uh, I'll just get by proxy to Dipperstein over the course of that period of time. Do you know, has Dipperstein ever told you he, he does not know how to relax? Like literally he does not understand how to straight up chill. No, I, I, I sense that. Like, have you ever been I in a setting? That. Have you ever seen him like just absolutely chill? Yes, I have. And you know what he does? Hmm. Like he gets up and then like he he paces a little bit and then he's just like, I, I need I need to find something to do. I need to do something. Oh, like when he accidentally relaxes, when he accidentally yes. stumbles on <laughs> exactly. relaxation, he then has to go do something else. That makes and sense. And then he realizes that there's a calm that comes over him, and he does everything in his power to disrupt it. So, uh, it, I am looking forward to it though. You know, it's like right now, let's see. I mean, don't get me wrong. It hasn't been like hot by any means, um, for the season in Los Angeles. Like right now it says New York 24 feels worse, feels worse than that. Chevy Chase, yeah. Maryland 26. Los Angeles at this moment is 60. I'll take it. I'll take it. Now it's going to, I'll take it. It's going to end up later tonight. Getting down to about 50. 
And then next week, yo, it's actually crazy. This is the one bummer. Right now, tomorrow, the high in Los Angeles is 75. When I get out there, when I get out there, the high's around 60. So it's having, oh man, poor you. I mean, listen, it'll be okay, but I will tell you, (laughs) sometimes, sometimes when I'm out there, like, no matter, even though I've been there a thousand times at this point in every season, I've spent time there. I still get like disappointed when at night it feels legit cold. It's one thing when at night it's cool. But sometimes like when it's 47, it's cold. Like your 47 is not like chill. It's, it's cold. Yo, you just need a little light jacket. That's all. No, you need like, but like, for example, like to sit outside, like the way Dipperland Ranch is, is set up, the, the, the TV watching now, the wrestling watching, a primary part of it has to be done outside now that he has this setup. And 45 is a little cold to chill and watch wrestling outside. Yeah, it's a little cold to chill and do anything outside. Yeah, unless you're like tailgating at a game. You know, that's, that's, it's 45 to chill outside is a lot. Anyways, these are big first world problems, but right now <laughs> it so is, true. it is legit frigid and, uh, we send everyone a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, um, Happy Festivus. Everything. Happy Festivus. And we thank you guys for send, for spending another year with us. We really thank especially everyone who goes to the iTunes podcast app and leaves us a rating um, and five stars. We appreciate you guys the most. But we do appreciate everybody. Um, and all the people who contribute to the mailbag. We'll get to some of that. Mail. Uh, we do have a special guest joining the show later who will remain unnamed until he – I'm not even going to put his name in the title, I don't think. I think I'm going to have him just show up. I like that. But I will tell you this. Um, if you're going to be in New York over the holidays, tomorrow night or, or the, when you're listening to this, if you're listening on Friday, tonight, SmackDown's at the Barclays Center. So all your uh, favorite SmackDown superstars will be there. And you want to critique the new SmackDown. You know, I've been rather critical. Why not go in person and see what it feels like as a live show? I'm a little bummed I'm going to miss it because I am curious to what a live SmackDown feels like on a Friday. You know, I've, ne- I've never been to live TV on a Friday, ever. I haven't either. I mean, this is a new experience, so I am curious to do that. You can do that at the Barclays Center uh, on Friday night, and then uh, a week from now, uh, the day after Christmas, the 26th, the Raw Superstars will all be at the Garden. One of my favorite um, wrestling days of the year is when they do the house show the day after Christmas. It's tremendous. So tickets are available yeah, yeah, that's for That's probably like teams. the best show that they do. It's, 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 it's basically usually the best house show of the year. It's, it's very, very good. And, uh, tickets are available for that as well. SGG, let's start outside the ring. What do we have to discuss this week? Um, not much going on outside of the ring that I saw. Um, you know, some people re-signed. I know I saw Street Profits re-signed with WWE to a multi-year deal. Wow. Congrats to Street Profits. You know, Ric Flair claimed that he's clear to wrestle, which I don't think that's necessary. The the Nate the Nate said he's clear to wrestle. Yeah, yeah. All right, or I'm ready. Clear to take bumps at least, but uh, yeah, I don't think that's necessary. Yeah, I don't know if we need to do that, Nate. You know, I feel like oh, I'm sorry. I feel like you've done enough. You know, I don't feel you owe the wrestling business any more bumps, Nate. Yeah, you sacrificed enough to. You can you can relax. We don't need you. We don't need you to go out there. But thankfully, you know, slow, slow uh, news week 
for what happened outside the ring. Now, if I, for the record, I, I know I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I recently ended up revisiting because I don't think Dipperstein had seen it, so I sent it to him. If you have never watched every promo that happened between Ric Flair and Jay Lethal in TNA, I I need you to do that. Oh, I'm sorry. I and Dip had not after all the... I don't think Dip I had mean, ever... Not the one I, I sent him. I sent him because the, the first one's great, but the second one may be even better. The second one may be even better. There's so many little things that I love about the way Jay Lethal does Ric Flair. Like he has like the cadence, even like the 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 way, like the way Rick's mouth moves. I know everything. You know what I mean? like, and I and I love the way he does the shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like the mid sentence, getting mad at someone at the crowd and pointing—it's—it's it's just there's so much little nuance that makes it so great. And I know a lot of there are a lot of people obviously who never watched any TNA, so that is one I would recommend that. And I, you know, not to make everything TNA about Flair, but I, you know, I, you, you know, I also that's when I became a real fan of AJ was when AJ was the Flair character too. Um. Which was a lot of fun too. Now, SGG, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time. We're going to focus mostly on Wednesday night today, but, um, the pay-per-view had some controversy the other day, huh? Yes, it did. Um, that main event match, which don't get me wrong, was a banger. Why was, why it was main event, why it was main event is, I guess there was nothing worthy of a main event, but that also wasn't a main event. What I think they definitely delivered. Um, I mean, going into it, the storyline wise, they you definitely think the, didn't have. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Though. The women's yeah, tag yeah, they titles, didn't have the story going into it. The, the women's tag titles have not meant enough, and and the build was not something that should be. That build was not pay per view main event worthy. But these were your options, right? Right. It was Roman Corbin. It probably or Bray Miz. All right, no. Or this women's main event. I I, I honestly, um, I I think it's Roman and Corbin. I'm sorry As to close the show. It, in terms of in terms of build, yeah, that's the main story on SmackDown. Right, but I mean, you got to look at it from WWE's perspective, right? Becky Lynch still Roman Corbin is the main story on the on main show. show. Yeah. Despite what happened with uh, Survivor Series. But at the same time, Becky Lynch is still the man. She's still as hot as ever. Uh, up until. Hot as ever, hot as ever, Jay. Hot as ever, Jay. Still the man, though. Still the man. You can't, can't she's still the man. that. She's still the man, but she's hot as ever, Jay. Okay. Charlotte was, was, uh, still as beloved as ever up until Sunday. We'll get to that. And then you had the Kabuki Warriors who since, since turning heel and like showing that dark side and spewing that mist have been on a tear. And it doesn't help, it doesn't hurt that, you know, three of these women are champions and they raised the stakes and it was a TLC match and it was a TLC pay-per-view. So, I mean, at the very least, a TLC match should have been in the main event. If they were going to put Roman and Corbin in a TLC match, well, well, actually they were, but, um, but yeah, I mean, given given how the matches played out and what Roman and Corbin delivered versus what the Kabuki Warriors versus Charlotte and Becky delivered, 
I think the right call was made on which match to close the show. I still go Roman Corbin. Um, the angle that they had, it wasn't the greatest thing ever. Although I will say, I do think the uh, Roman getting dog food dumped all over him might have been the most entertaining thing that's happened on SmackDown since it went <laughs> since it went to Fox. Like it was repug, but it did have an it did have an air of like old school wrestling to it, you know. Yeah, I'll there, give you that. There was like a feeling of like it was just such filth and disrespect. Um, so I, I would have went with them. I when it, when I saw that was the main event, I w- I'll just tell you the truth. I was legit confused, and um, and then SGG. So to then tell us what what went on to 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 occur. So at some point in the match, and I you know, I don't know when. I don't know if it's even been pinpointed. And I don't know if, it's had, if this has even been confirmed. So I'm gonna just say that I'm speculating, but at some point in the match, it appears to me as if Kyrie Sane gets hurt uh, pretty badly, uh, potentially even concussed. And, you know, it still didn't derail the match, but certain things definitely became pretty noticeable from the the spear that she no-sold, uh, maybe not purposely, but she definitely did. It definitely didn't land the way the way you think it would, and then the power bomb through the table, where it appears that she's trying to stop Charlotte from hitting the power bomb, and she, you know Charlotte sort of powers her up and puts her through the table anyway. Um, to these little moments where you see Becky and and Oscar try to sort of protect Kyrie by working around her, and like at one point Becky even <laughs> rolls her under the ring just to get her the hell out of the match, um, and Charlotte took a lot of the heat for it. Particularly, I think, because of the, the spear slap and then the power bomb that followed. But, I, I I mean, I think part of it is adrenaline. I don't think that it makes Charlotte unsafe or dangerous or reckless or any of these things that, that people have been saying about her. It, it's just, it comes with the territory. But, um, yeah, it definitely appeared to me that Kyrie Sane took a, took a nasty bump somewhere that affected her performance in the rest of the match. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I, I know that at first people were mad at Charlotte and the visual of like after this failed spear, her like slapping her in the face, you know, you get worked and you like think it's real, right? And you're like, oh my God. But like at that moment, maybe she realized that there was something off about the spear, but she doesn't know that she's concussed yet when she slaps her. Right. She's just, she's just, she's working still. And I'll I'll defend her on the power bomb too. I I think that same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah, I think that she may have thought Kyrie just couldn't get herself up. And you know, I wonder. I have no idea um, whether uh, their communication. You know, you wonder whether maybe I, if Kyrie has a, some sort of language barrier, where the level of communication they have just isn't quite as good as it might have been. Um, if it was just a match with her and Becky, um, I don't know, but like either way, it happened immediately. So yeah, you really can't. You, I, I just, you, what do you think? Charlotte just didn't care. She was like, "I'm just gonna power bomb her through this and hurt her again." You're getting worked, bro. It's wrestling. You're still seeing the power bomb, and you're angry at like the brutality of the move, because because guess what? It looks effective, but like. It doesn't make sense what you're saying. What, 
Like, what do you really I, think? What do you, you really think Charlotte was just like, I don't care. I, I'm going to make her pay right now. I, it, it doesn't matter to me that she's hurt. No, she obviously yeah, didn't know. Yeah, there's no way that happened. And then you could tell that when she did know, you could see that her, you could see Charlotte protecting her also. Um, yeah. guys, we don't know enough about this. I know everyone thinks they know everything. Like, we don't know. We don't even know what caused the concussion. And by the way, it could have been Kyrie. We don't, we don't know. You have no idea. Yeah. I haven't been able to, to pinpoint it. I mean, to be fair, I didn't watch it back like the Pruder film and keep, you know, Running back like game tape, but I did, but I did rewatch it and it was hard to find the spot that it actually happened in. The, 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 it seemed to appear after she like, um, tried an insane elbow onto the table, but like you couldn't see why it would have happened there. Um, you know, listen, Kyrie Sands a beast. She finished it. She managed to get through it. It's an ugly part of wrestling that those things happen. You know, it's, I I don't think it's ever going to go away completely. You do your best to, protect the person after it happens. Um, I think it seemed clear that Asuka got on the same page with her pretty quickly and then Becky, and then it did seem like Charlotte may have been the last to know. But, you know, I'll also, I will say this, though. I cast a little bit of blame on all of them. In my opinion, SGG, all four of them worked a really, like, over-the-top, borderline sloppy match. It was very, it was messy, man. From the very beginning, it looked like they were like, we're going to show people we can have the most hardcore match possible. And I don't know that that style match, like that's a specific kind of match to be outside the ring the whole time using weapons. I I don't, I, I don't know, man. From watching it from the beginning, I was like, what are they doing here? This looks crazy. It didn't look particularly safe to me from the very beginning. The chair throwing at each other, all of it looked kind of sloppy to me, bro. Yeah, I don't know that I'd call it sloppy. Um, and I'd even add this, too. I mean, listen, if you take Asuka, Charlotte, um, Becky, and Kyrie out of that match and you drop in your top four male performers, I feel like this conversation even sort of sounds differently, right? Like, when... When that happens with with the male performers, it's just we chalk it up to part of the game. But it's like these women are out there, too. They're taking these risks. They're just as tough. You know, they care about each other just as much. They 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 mastered the craft, too. Like these. But but, but Greg, but Greg, that's a that's a BS statement. If there was a if there was a concussion in the middle of it early in the match and then it appeared they weren't quite aware that it happened and more damage happened, we'd be scrutinizing that also. We would, but I feel like there's definitely more, like that backlash that sh- like this immediate backlash that happens when uh, women hurt each other. The men don't always experience that. Yeah, I mean, I think the, that part- the closest one I can think of is is Seth is the Seth Sting thing, and this happened after Seth like strung together a bunch of these incidents. Like uh, Seth listen- broke Cena's nose and put it on a shirt the next day. Listen, you you may be right that um, you may be right about that that there's more backlash towards women in general because that's the case with generally everything. But um, first of all, I'd separate concussions from almost anything these days. Like people are extra OD about concussion stuff, and then also it depends who those top four male performers you plug in are. If they're not people who have done this that much. 
Um, you know, listen, I don't know, I don't really know Oscar and Kyrie Sane's history pre NXT. Um, obviously, it, it, it gets reckless in Japan, just in general. <laughs> well, in, no, in general, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know if that was their mo, and there are lots of women's matches like that in Japan. I have no idea. I'm not going to pretend and tell you that I've watched them, but I can say, speaking for Charlotte and Becky, their time in WWE, which has now been a long time, the bulk of their wrestling career, or certainly the bulk of it's Charlotte's entire career, and a good amount of Becky's also. That has not been, they've done their share of matches like that, but it's not the same as if the main event was, um, you know, Sabu and Rob Van Dam. Yeah, like, I mean, even, I mean, I, I see a point on that one. I mean, it depends who it, who it is. If you tell me if, if you drop in four male wrestlers who really have never done that, they're all like very WWE style, straight ahead, they came up in NXT, now they're on the main roster, the, then I'd then I'd feel the same way. But if you but that kind of match where you literally like never get in the ring, it's all going to be intentionally brutal and all on tables and ladders, etc. I don't know. I really you have to be really mindful about who does that stuff. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, but I mean, you. see, you say WWE style, right? And people say that, and they think about like it drops in this image of like this very safe, sort of sanitized style. That is not hardcore and almost like Disney-fied, right? To the to how, to how safe it is. But I mean, think about the type of matches that Adam Cole has been having since being in WWE. He had that no disqualification match at Takeover with uh, or unsanctioned match at Takeover with Aleister Black. The ladder match right before the War Games match. These elimination chambers, even like a match that people think of as the, the one of the best matches of all time. Brett and Stone Cold was a brutal match. Like, that WWE style. WWE does hardcore, too, and they have been. And it's like... But the hardcore of that era... In that, too. But the hardcore era of the late 90s and the early 2000s was so different than now. Even the Elimination was, but, Chamber is nothing relative to what was happening in a Hardy Boys match. You know? Right, like that's but just they're not doing the, ladder matches and all that right now. Even, like, War Games matches, the women's War Game match, they, they do the same... These women can get hardcore when they need to. I think every wrestler in WWE has that in their repertoire. I mean, listen, I, I, they I didn't come up in ECW. I appreciate the equality drum you consistently beat, um, and I generally am there. In this case, I'd go back and watch it again. It looked so loose from the beginning. Every yo, know, Kyrie almost hit her head on the table unintentionally in the first two minutes outside the ring. She was like an inch from smashing her head on the corner of the table. There was just so many near misses in that match. And I think they came in with an energy that was like, we are going to prove something. And they did. I don't know if it was exactly what they were aiming for, but that could, I, you could have seen that same thing, whether it was men or women. Like they're trying, you're doing too much, bro. Like there are times when you can see these people are going to go really over the top. And if you're going to go really over the top, just be really good at doing it. And I don't know, based on the evidence that I saw in that match, it wasn't the right fit. And I mean, it ended up being okay. There was, there were some, you know, the, the, they, they managed to get through it, but I mean, I'm sorry. I just don't think every match is for every kind of wrestler. Um, and I think there are other women that I would 
be a lot more comfortable having that kind of match. I mean, frankly, even Sasha, I'd be more comfortable. Sasha, Sasha takes crazy bumps all the time. Sasha always has a way of making things look brutal, and she's fine. Well, that's what I was saying about, you know, when you said you don't know Asuka and Kyrie's history, that's what I was saying. Like, listen, they get reckless in Japan because a lot of these Japanese wrestlers are the same way. They take these bumps that look look super, super brutal, and then they're fine. Like, they're working. Well, but, but, have you, but, do you know, but, but do you know that to be a fact of Kyrie saying? I don't know that to be because evidence evidence saying. suggests we didn't even see a brutal hit and she ended up concussed. And, and I don't <laughs> even know it, what happened. It had to have happened like somewhere. It looked like literally it happened on the insane elbow. So I don't even know how that happened. But maybe she um, clipped the table on the way down. Yeah, maybe she did. It could definitely be Becky's, like that. Becky's in the way, so you can't really see. So, anyways, it, I just either way, like I said, I'm not trying to bury the girls. Like it, they they had a, you know, things happen. Um. I just don't think Charlotte should be blamed. I was just saying I think the overall energy from the very beginning, if you watch the match, was a lot. Um, well, yeah, that that's for sure. We can agree on that. Charlotte definitely should not be blamed, and it, it's not a situation where blame even applies. It's just like it's a risk. They know the risk. They don't need a lecture on that. It just it happens. It's unfortunate, but it, it was one of those things that happens every th- every now and again. Um, all right, SGG, let's, uh, let's get to Wednesday night. Um, the numbers are out and it was a pretty unmitigated disaster for AEW. Um, total numbers we have right now is that AEW got 683,000 viewers. Um, obviously down a few hundred thousand from where they were. And NXT is down from where they were around the same time, but they beat AEW by over a hundred thousand, seven hundred ninety-five thousand viewers for NXT last night, six hundred eighty-three thousand viewers for AEW last night. Um, big batch. Um, Adam Cole, Finn. Um, no commercials to start the show. Yeah, that was a clutch move right there. I mean, I don't know who made that the call on that one, but that that was a good move. Um, a great move. I don't know what the impetus was for it, like why they decided to go for such a kill shot last night. Um, but they did, and it was effective. They open so NXT opens with their two biggest stars having a uninterrupted match um and then on AEW they start they start the match with the Lucha Brothers against Kenny Omega and Hangman Page which don't get me wrong that's a good wrestling match but it's a story they're building between Page and Kenny Omega it's not a match of of really serious consequence in terms of the actual story between the, the the competitors in the match. And then here's what really upset me yesterday. Oh, you, no. you start an, uh, AEW and, and Kenny Omega is already just in the ring waiting yeah. for, waiting for his intro like Barry Horowitz. Like, oh. Barry, Barry didn't need to catch a stranger like that just now. 
It, it, it was, it was, it's guys, this is crazy. What are they doing with their stars on AEW? Like Kenny Omega should have an in- entrance. And this isn't the first time this has happened. Kenny Omega should have a mega entrance every single time he's on TV right now. Yeah. Why would you I ever start the show that way? I yeah. you complain about this a lot and it's right and it's, it's absurd. Kenny Omega, like you said, when AEW was announced and they, they mentioned that it was for the lapsed fan or they were going to try to go for lapsed fans and, and sort of casual fans, Kenny Omega is one of those names that they know. Chris Jericho is one of those names. Cody Rhodes is one of those names. Um, Chris Jericho is being treated like a superstar. He's the, he's the champion, Le Champion. Cody was in that championship match against Chris Jericho, and he has a major program. And then, like, Kenny Omega is just around? I don't I don't get it. I, I really don't get it. I do not understand how on earth Kenny Omega is treated that way. I, I Only one thing you can say about it. Stop yourself. It doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. It does not, you're, you're burying the biggest non WWE star you have there. He mm-hmm. is, he's the biggest, in my opinion, the biggest star to ever, to never compete in WWE. The biggest ever. You hang your hat on Kenny Omega. And and for all the reasons that were tuned into AEW, in, in fact, it's perfect. The reason I feel this way makes perfect sense. I love AEW, and you. If anyone had asked SGG for the last five years, who's the only like indie wrestler in the world Rosenberg's into? You would have said Kenny Omega. Yeah, it's true. And now you have him. Ever since you, you have, called that show in Jersey, right? All the way going back ten years, and now you have the guy. <laughs> He's there for you, and you have him standing in the ring like a Joe Bear. Stop yourself. It's a disgrace. It's an absolute disgrace. And then on that same note, and I'm already proven to be right on some. Well, there's there's a handful of problems we'll get to about AEW. And I know, congratulations. I want to say congratulations to SGG and 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 all the all the haters right now. We're getting to have a moment. All the AEW haters having their moment. Why well, we gotta of, be all that? Why well, we gotta be all that? No, enjoy this. You're happy. You're cheering. You're laughing. <laughs> or you're bored. Either, either way, you know. This, uh, I'm trying to use all the bootleg sound effects on this thing. Maybe I'll use this one too. This is basically how the show started. They were like, and in this corner, Kenny Omega. There he is. Kenny Omega, ladies and gentlemen. That's enough. Um... <laughs> well, that's for uh, AEW. That's not. That's not for us. No, no, that's for that's for AEW. So that's definitely for the people who decided to choose AEW over NXT this week. <laughs> no, it was uh, no. That's a you may stop yourself. That's me. I watch. Yeah, AEW I mean, first. I said it in the group chat. If you if you saw that WWE or should I say NXT was advertising Finn Balor versus Adam Cole for the title. And Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler for the title. And then you heard them say that Finn Cole was opening the show commercial free, uninterrupted, 
And if you still watch the AEW, you did it to yourself. You deserve, Stop you deserve yourself. everything you got yesterday. Stop yourself. Well, I did it. I did it. I did it. <laughs> um, and then listen, so, okay. So the match is fine. The tag match is fine. They build the story with Kenny and Hangman Page, whatever. But then later in the night, Darby Allen comes back and, and Darby has a tag match with Cody. And I get there's a little story there with Cody and Darby and Darby wanted this match, etc. But like the other big star that everyone came away talking about from AEW has been Darby Allen. Yeah. When you're, when you're going to use Darby Allen, I want the ish promoted out of that and it to be something and to be building a story for Darby Allen. Not he wanted to tag with Cody Rhodes and Cody has a story with MJF. Where's Darby's story? Where's Darby's big story? So far, Darby Allen basically just jobbed to Jericho in a match you knew he couldn't win. And, and Darby Allen's the next new star that everybody would want. Like if you were to look at them and go, who are the stars here that WWE has to pluck away from AEW at some point? My guess is on the men's side, you would say, Kenny Omega, MJF, even though he's tiny in NXT, are you serious? Imagine Darby Allen in NXT. No, Darby Allen, Darby Allen will be huge in NXT. I mean, and NXT, like you said, is the perfect, is the perfect place for him. So those are the guys, those are, these are the must have guys that really make AEW special. And you're just not doing enough. Um, I will say though, one place that I disagreed with Goldstein, who's become a ruthless AEW hater in our group chat, is that he also ripped. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see that also, coming, by the way. No, me neither. It's it's nonsensical. That's um, Hogan-esque, that heel turn. Like, the NWO turn and then the, the racist no, turn. No, he's been bearing everything about WWE for a decade. Then AEW comes out, he turns on that. <laughs> so quick. So quick. So, so here's my thing. I didn't have as much of a problem... With the Jungle Boy, um, Jericho match. Like, I didn't have a problem that they told a little story there, and then after that, immediately pivoted. Jericho went through it and then, and then pivoted to talking about Moxley. I, I didn't have a problem with that. I, I, that, that, you're, to me, you're still propping up Jungle Boy. He's still, I think he's still elevated by the match that he had and that he survived 10 minutes with Jericho. I like that. I think that was actually well done. I don't have a problem with that at all. So I'm not going to crush everything they do, but I will say this. AW, this whole, like, we're going to let people tell their own stories. We're not going to... Writing, schmiting. Who needs writing? I said that was a mistake from the beginning. You you guys need writing. You know who needs writing? You do. And and this, this isn't a knock to the talent. The talent, I think, is doing a really good job. I enjoy the promos. I enjoy the wrestling. I enjoy a lot of the look. There are no good stories being told long term. Well, right they now. they need that happy medium, right? Because WWE is so overproduced sometimes that it feels robotic and inauthentic. Yes. So they need to not necessarily be the anti WWE, which I always said was going to be a mistake, but be smart. Look at the things that WWE is doing good and do it. If the fans the thing- like it. Give it to them. And then what they're doing wrong, don't do it. <laughs> Tweak it. Figure out how to make it right. It's not, I mean, I guess it is that hard, but it's not a. It's not an absurd concept. Get right as willing to work with the wrestlers and collaborate 
to on something good together because like you listen to the New Day podcast and that's how they got where they are. They had a writer who was with them in the trenches and then in the writing room taking care of them and going to bat for them and then they came out with gold and they rode that wave. This is what five years now, four or five years. That's how um, you do it. Yeah, been a minute, five years now, I think. Bear, hold on one second, okay? I'll play with you in one minute, okay? You know what I have to tell you, Bear? Bear, if he keeps scratching at me, you know what? Stop yourself. <laughs> but he's not wearing headphones, so we didn't hear that. So, yeah, then you're going up against NXT, who, congratulations to, uh, spoiler alert for 10 seconds here, spoiler alert for NXT, Rhea Ripley is your new NXT Women's Champion. Um, it was time. I, I, I still think it was a little bit of a rush for Rhea, but it was time, I think, to move on from Baszler with the title. I, I think she'd accomplished enough there. I don't think there was more for Shayna Baszler to do as champion. Um, yeah, so she choked co- literally everybody out. Exactly. So considering now you've gone this far with Rhea and you've pushed her this far, might as well keep going. So, you know, I'm a huge fan. I really think she could end up being a super-duper star. They had a great match. Um, it's a, it's a worthwhile episode of NXT. Triple H delivers again. I will tell you though, you know, can can Jr. and Morrow meet somewhere in the middle? Like, can Morrow calm his ass down, and could Jr. be up one notch? <laughs> like, if they could meet somewhere, like, I would say thirty percent up from JR, seventy percent down from Morrow. If they could meet around there. I, I was watching the highlights of this week's NXT, and every highlight you would think was from NXT Mania. Like, you know, WrestleMania Takeover Weekend. That's what you would think. I mean Takeover Mania yeah. Weekend. That's what you would think. Every clip they show, it's like, oh my God, he did it. And I'm like, I don't even know who that was. <laughs> Literally, wrestlers who have been on TV for a month, it's like, they did it! They finally did it! Like, Morrow's an amazing talent. He's so good, and I really love him in pro sports, probably even more than wrestling. But I'm sorry, guys. And, and you can be offended and say I'm being mean tomorrow if you want. He's got to bring it down a notch. It's just SGG for two hours every week on television to me. Like, I wish someone would work on it with him to help him get another gear. Yeah, like, it... it- it's a lot. Third gear, third gear, baby. You know where I spend most of my, I have a, I have a 2011, uh, six speed 328i. Not as fancy as it sounds, but the stick is pretty sweet. You know what gear I'm in most of the time, all day, every day, SUG? Third gear? That's right. I'm in third gear, baby. All day. <laughs> On the West Side Highway, third gear. Oh, it really opens up? I got a lot of space? Fourth for a little while. Boom, back to third. Oh my gosh, I'm in a rush. I got nothing but open road. It's 65 mile an hour speed limit here. Boom, I'm in sixth gear. It happened. But by and large, day in, day out, I'm in third gear. It just gotta, you gotta be even Steven. So when you get to fifth and sixth gear, it means something. And on a random Wednesday when you're sitting back, and I'll tell you, SGG, we argue and people tell me, oh, why are you so into AW, blah, blah, blah. One of the things I like, and, and, and I do see flaws in JR's commentary right now. But one thing I do like, uh, SUG, sitting back and watching AEW is kind of relaxing. It's a chill watch. And I would not describe NXT as that. So a, a little bit of middle, again, if the, if both shows could meet in the middle, I think there would be energy wise a place that 
I personally would be happy with. I know it's just me. Yeah, and I mean, admittedly, I didn't see this week's AEW, um, but what Stop I'm hearing, yourself. at least, with, at least, listen, the ratings don't lie, the numbers don't lie. I was with the I was with the winner team this week, but um, well, well, based on the numbers, apparently, too many people decided to stop yourself from turning yeah. on the TV. <laughs> it'll 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 get worse too if it keeps playing out like this. But I mean, what I'm hearing though, and as far as JR's commentary is, it's people have said as far as last night goes that it sounds like he's sort of so afraid of of any backlash, like he's anticipating a backlash and then he he's either like subdued or apologizing in advance for things that he's about to say. He's not he's not bringing that old JR feel. You know, he's not he's not bringing what brought him to the dance. No, and I know um, he gets very angry on his podcast when people have that critique and they say he's not into it. I know he's into it. He's just older, he's changed, it happens. He's got to find a way though to um, be a new version yeah. of what that was. And I think it's a hard balance to find. I mean, Excalibur's there. You know, Excalibur gets up. I think Excalibur, again, that's the sleeper thing on, on AEW is I think Excalibur does a really nice job. And I think he knows when to hit the high spots and when to calm down. So, you know, but again, I just asked the question, what is the point of JR and Shivani? What What's the point of having two elder statesmen um, color commentary guys, neither of which totally know everything about this era of superstars. Um, of course they know them. They do their homework. I'm not saying they seem like they don't know, but we know it's not their bread and butter. It would be like me doing a show right now about SoundCloud rap. It's not for me. It's not, it's not the era I'm of. I could tell you a little bit about it. And if it was my job every day to talk about SoundCloud rappers, I'd get there, but you're not going to get the same passion as if you bring up a nineties hip hop conversation. Yeah, and taking it to the '90s, I think is the answer right there of why uh, someone at least felt it was necessary to have Tony Schiavone uh, and Jim Ross because they're wow. tapping right into that era. And when you think about it, on one side was Tony Schiavone, and on the other side was Jim Ross. Yeah, you're so smart. I mean, it, it it made sense from that that perspective. If you're going to tap into that era, and you're going to Bring back that fan. You bring both the voices to the table. Now, the problem that you raise is is um, is justified because there's a lot of overlap. But at at the same time, I don't think they thought about that. I think they were just trying to tap into that feeling, and they've they've been able to do so pretty effectively. I I don't hear many people with the critique that you raised of you know that Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross is redundant it is you're right but they're they're playing they're playing the hits right now they, they're they're tapping into feelings and the feeling that they're getting from these people is is all love for that move um all right sg let's take a do a little bit it's a little bit of mail david writes us and says kenny omega straight straight feels like a scrub on AEW. The only thing that got me excited about AEW getting on TNT was being able to see Kenny on a weekly basis. But even when he's on, which he barely is, it's some trash segment. Like this man was putting on six-star matches consistently, and now he feels lukewarm. Take it easy, man. That was before this week's show. Can't David also how he feels now. David also wrote and asked us to keep the original intro. 
I got a couple of those, so I went back to the original intro. I agree. I agree with the sentiment that this feels like the outro. So even though it has the intros in it, now in this corner, even though it has that, this, it's so, it's, I pop for it every time. That's just an intro. I'm sorry. It was right. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's another one about it. JT said, he, oh, he said, I feel the shoot arrow intro is much more suited as the intro. But I don't know if he means to see, because the shoot arrow intro technically is, I'm not so, but I'm not going to, it's confusing. A lot of different thoughts about the intro and outro. I appreciate all of them. Um, let's see. Uh, Freddie writes us and says, Greg is not wrong about AEW. Bear. Male. Bear just came up and took. Thank you. Thank you. Bear Bear just came up and took one paw and tapped me on the leg. Bear. Stop yourself. Bear agrees. Bear's like, yo, he's not wrong. He's like, SGG knows. He says, um, hello, Pete and Greg. He might be physically large, physically congested, or even physically not there. He might lack stats or knowledge or what is going on in wrestling from week to week. Or or historically. He might even forget that there is more than two good black wrestlers in the WWE other than Keith Lee and Leo Rush. Not at the same week. Not in the same week. But Greg is not wrong about AEW. Don't get me wrong. AEW is entertaining with Cody and Jericho, but they lack professionalism on so many fronts. Not only is the television production poor and the commentary subpar at times, AEW wrestlers lack a basic understanding of storytelling, rules, and logic that make a wrestling show work for a larger audience. The tag teams are a good example. I've watched the matches. They have no narrative logic to them. Guys take giant death moves and get right back up so they can hit their... um. Guys take giant death moves and get right back up so they can hit their big death move that will have no effect on their opponent. Tags don't even seem to tag for for most of the matches. Would it kill some of these guys to execute a hot tag? The women's division is a complete cluster bleep. There was a big push for a win-loss record to mean something for wrestlers, but had that played into anything? Pac should be, Pac should be in the world title picture, right? Cody coming out and saying, if I lose, I won't challenge for the belt again, happened about... Six years before that story element would make any sense. By the way, that was so true. It was so, so true. true. You Why should have had at least, at least one there? run. Or or at least tried to get it three times. Like, why would your first match be the last match? In what world does that make sense as a story? Yeah. I think a lot of fans are lost in the shine of AEW fanaticism. To, too much so to notice how bad the company's executing simple things. Um... And he agrees with you about Moxley being the same too. Good for, I mean, good for yeah. you. Guys. It's, a, it's a week, it's a week late. I needed him last week. <laughs> I needed him last week. I was getting killed. I'm, I'm, I lost that. That fight is finished. Coach Payne writes us. Mail. Rowdy Roddy Peter and stat guy Greg Valentine. Um, cheap heat stuff. One. Um, TLC Corbin ring gear pants. Repug. Two. Kofi, never been much of a fan, but that dude is legit. He won me over. Three, Miz as a face sucks. I miss the real Miz. Four, <laughs> do, you, do you know if Lana De- Rusev divorces kayfabe only? Five, just left a review. Five stars, five stars, five stars. Stay mage. Enjoy yourself. Happy holidays to you both. Great email on multiple levels. I know Miz babyface is never going to work for me. I, I did pop a bit, though, to see Daniel Bryan come back with the short hair. Yeah, I did too. And then um, 
I don't know if you saw it, but somebody pointed out how much he looks like Orange Cassidy. Now that he has the short hair. Oh my gosh, that was, was like, so oh, good yeah, on the internet. Does. That was amazing. Um, Hall of Fame silliness. Male. Eric writes, hey, Peter and Gray, the WWE Hall of Fame is inherently silly. It's a guy who arbitrarily chooses which of his, mostly his creations get the honor. It's not based on any metrics. There's no ballot, no voting process. Otherwise, Macho Man would have been inducted a decade ago. What adds to the silliness is that guys are getting inducted into the Hall of Fame multiple times. Hogan, Nash, Hall, Waltman are all already in the Hall of Fame. LeBron's going to be inducted into the NBA Hall of Fame three separate times? No, that would be silly. He'll be inducted once with each phase of his career recognized. If the WWE has to resort to inducting members that are already Hall of Famers, maybe they shouldn't have the Hall of Fame every single year. Have it every few years so you're only inducting the first time deserving people. This would add so much more weight to the event. Lastly, it's a travesty that Larry Walker is not in the MLB Hall of Fame. He's the macho man of baseball. Best, Eric. I, I don't share your strong feelings on Larry Walker, but he was a really good player. Um, to be fair that, about what, the two-time uh, Hall of Famers, though, different characters, different factions. I mean, should Ric Flair be barred from joining the Evolution members when they go in eventually? Should Triple H – should Evolution just not go in because Triple H and Ric Flair are already in? You know? Hollywood Hogan is different from Hulk Hogan. I mean, yeah, but X, I hear his argument, though. X-Pac went in last year, not six, you know? All right, this is a reach. It's true. Razor Ramon, and, I, Razor Ramon and Diesel went in, not not Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. So you, you, you want to just have I, – I, I hear you, and I'm not saying there's not a way to honor factions – but they're they're clearly going back to the well because they don't think they have enough people to to draw money. Well, why else the, why else they be going back to Hogan? This is the problem too, right? Is that like if they went back a little bit too far? First of all, some of those guys are already in, right? Pedro Morales, um, those guys from those older era, that pre rock and wrestling boom period, they're all in. But even if they went back that far. There's nobody left. Like, it's literally Attitude Era and up now as far as, you know, the major guys. Obviously, besides the glaring omissions, Owen Hart and uh, He Who Shall Not Be Named. But, yeah, now it's like maybe it is definitely time for the Hall of Fame to be every few years so that these people who – who um so that could be mage instead of us every once in a while just being like, oh, did this person deserve it? Did that person deserve it? Or open it up and make it like a general wrestling hall of fame, which I think they've been trying to do. Um, Zachary writes us. Male. Hey, Pete and Stat, who's your male superstar, female superstar, and tag team of the year and the decade? People I've considered for the year, The Fiend, Kofi, Becky, Street Profits, Adam Cole. Decade? Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, The New Day, Charlotte Flair. Also, when, when homeless people with cell phones come up to me and ask me for money, I only give them a dollar if I see them give a five-star review for Cheap Heat. Stay mage, <laughs> Zach. <laughs> Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. That's mage. Um, yeah, so next week when I'm with, uh, when I'm at Dipperland Ranch, I'm, I'm thinking of what to do for a big episode and we'll, we'll have Greg 
I'll make sure if we do something like this, we'll all weigh in on what could be the superstars of the decade or things like that. Maybe I'll save it for when we get back, but we will do something in either the end of 2019 or beginning of 2020. Now, is 2020 the start of a new decade? It I is, right? I think it is, yeah. It's not 21. Yeah, and I, like I've heard some absurd arguments of for 2020 being part of cuz like what does somebody say? There's no year 0, right? So that means that year 10 was technically part of the first decade, but that's garbage then because like they're saying they're saying that 2000 was part of the 90s. You know, like it doesn't make sense. I think 2020 is a new decade and we move forward and that the first decade just got shorted because there was no year zero. They're lost. Hey, SGG, hey, SGG, do you have black power rankings? I don't have them this week. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm sorry. That's sad. I'm sorry. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Well, don't worry. How about how about this? Instead of uh, 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 black power rankings. I bring in a special guest. What are your thoughts? You know what? I think that's the perfect way, perfect way to make up for it. All right, SGG. Well, listen, I'll talk to you next week. Uh, have a wonderful Christmas. Uh, enjoy, enjoy yourself. Enjoy your Hanukkah. That's right. Um, stay mage. And it's the holidays, so you know it's it's most importantly time to, you know. Take it easy, man. That's right. Take it easy, man. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. All right, as promised, a special guest on Cheap Heat. Um, and it's, uh, this worked out so well because uh, you're someone that I talk about quite frequently. Okay, good things, bad things. Very good. Okay. I'm, I'm actually, it's a bummer that you don't that you don't know this. I am a notorious and ladies and gentlemen, the well, man. You, who's, you've put me on social media before. Yeah, oh, I have. I just so, did. Yes. I just did. Oh, okay. Um, Baron Corbin is here on Cheap Heat, and uh, welcome, first of all. No, thank you. Thank and, you. And uh, no, I'm I'm a big Corbin defender. Because so it's you against the world is yeah, basically, basically what you're saying. No, I saw the other day uh, my buddy Dave Lagreco who hosted Busted Open. He hosts Busted Open. He defended you. Yes, they're they're pretty good about defending me. I so, think they're good at yelling at people for being stupid too. So yeah, yeah, no, Dave's a big yeller. So I uh, like it. Um, I like the fire. But I, you know what it is? It's that I, I, a, I always said this from the very beginning that I had a bit of a personal bias because I like you personally. Okay. So I was always like, I really like this guy. So I guess maybe also I was. I was determined to give you a chance regardless because I like you in real life. And the Chiefs. And of course you're and of course the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. Um but then uh I just really thought that relatively quickly you really showed your talent. Did you feel like at first there was risk of overexposure cuz all of a sudden you're a guy who's been mid-cardy forever and now it's like start off raw every yeah, week. Every single week. Yeah, pulling like you know, six eggs, and um, I, I didn't think so because I think that's what it needed to be. I think it needed to be a little bit of just nonstop in your face because my job is to irritate you, and if I got to keep seeing somebody, I, you know, that I don't like or want to punch in the face uh, six, seven times a night, that's going to add to the irritation, I think, for sure. So I think it was it, – it's easy to overexpose, you know, certain guys, but I think that's what needed to happen to get me to the level where I'm at. Plus it kind of threw me in the fire. It was like sink or swim. It was like, dude, you know, you haven't done a lot of promos up here, but you're doing seg one. Here's three pages. Good luck. So how did that happen? So t- literally when it first started, what was the beginning of this portion of your career? 
Remind us, first of all, because I'm sure we don't remember, what you were doing immediately prior So I and then how it switched. Yeah, um, it was one of those things where, um, you know, Vince just called me in the office. He's like, hey, um, you know, what you're doing is okay, but we want to get you to another level. We need to make a change. We need to do something. And I'd been asking him to cut my hair for probably a year at that point. And, um, now let's talk about that for a second. As a ball got, well, it was, it was just time. It was time. <laughs> and, 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 and you, I was over it too. Like, oh, you wanted yeah, out of the hair business. Yeah, man. Because it was just that time. And then also, dude, it's a nightmare sometimes with that long hair. Cause first of all, you're dumping like 40 gallons of conditioner in it all the time to keep it wet while you're resting. Otherwise you're going to choke and die on it. Like it's just. Wait, so that's why re- wait, your hair has to be wet when you're for, wrestling? For me, if it was dry at all, there was a 99% chance that it was all going down my throat. Like it was horrible. And like, so trying to breathe with, with all that hair in your face, it's, it's just. So real quick, let's go through this nonstop. part. This is okay, something yeah. that every wrestling fan will want to know and has never heard about. The wet hair thing though. Yes. So when you were going to go out, cause everyone, let's talk about, I mean, Roman, for example, some of the most luscious wet Dude, hair and, you'll and, ever see. His is like magical. I don't understand how it stays <laughs> that wet and perfect all the time. But what do you do? So right before you go out, you're, you're putting conditioner in it? Dude, just pouring conditioner. Not, and you can't do like, you, it's funny cause you have to learn the ways, like, to how to deal with your hair. So I got like uh, leave-in conditioner the first time and it dried out immediately. I was like, well, that didn't work. So now you're buying like all these different conditioners and <laughs> Moroccan oil and whatnot, dude, to try to just keep your hair wet for But by the way, minutes. where are you doing this? Because you can't do this in Gorilla, right? Oh, yeah. Like you, the floor is a death trap in that vicinity because there's <laughs> conditioner, there's lotion, there's tanner like all over the floor. So, so if you have to come running into Gorilla late, like – the last few steps, you got to be careful. So, all right. So, you're frustrated at this point that all the stuff you have to do with it. Yeah, it's just, dude, it, nonstop. Even when you're home too, and plus, it's kind of a dead giveaway when you're out in public and you see a big dude with long hair. Immediately, they gravitate. Hey, are you a, are you a wrestler or something like that? So, it leads to a conversation I don't want to have. That is that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like, Wait. By the way, that's such a great thing too. Wait, you're telling me that the public conversation you don't want to have is the one that starts with, "Are you a wrestler?" Yeah, yeah. That's how it goes normally. So, so you would much more prefer the "I hate you." That works. That conversation's that, yeah, great. But that usually happens from like across the street where I can't get to them. Right. right, right. <laughs> that, that's safe distance conversation. Um, All right. So 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 you have the hair at that point. Yeah. And what's the what were you doing? Do you know what your, what your story was? I, you know what, man? I don't have an idea. Okay. I, I think I'd just come out of the. Um, United States Championship with AJ and uh, Dolph. So we had a triple threat, I believe. It was Dolph, Bobby Roode, uh, myself in a triple threat pay-per-view where Dolph won and then quit the next night. Okay. Uh, so he won my championship and then yeah. quit. That yeah. was great. Oh, yeah. Then he just um, And then he just handed it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So I think then there was a little bit of stuff there for a minute. And then, um, you know, the draft where I went to Raw. And that's where Vince said, um, let's pull back for a minute. Let's let's." you know, take you off TV and try to figure out where to go from here. So was that a nervous moment when that happened? No, because if he's investing time to have a conversation, he's going to invest time on television. And he, and he, I think Vince has always been kind of a fan of me. Uh, I'm a little old school where I'm a big dude, still um, have legitimate toughness, if you will. And then, um, you know, he, he sees motivation in certain guys, and certain guys want to have it and some don't. But So you, so he says, we're going to take you off TV for a little bit, and you're thinking, you knew right away, like, oh, this is a cool thing. This, this Yeah, is it's a be- repackage. Yeah. It's, it's a thing that I think I needed as well because there's always just so many big, angry, bad guys, and I think we were trying to add some complexity to it right. and give it some different levels and give me some different levels, which I think that's what people connect to when it's just one thing, when one guy's just big and angry. People, there's no connection. 
So it was fun. Let's find something that people can connect to as an audience. And then, you know, we came up with a constable. Well, he came up with a constable. And it's funny. It was a fun process too, because he's like, what do you see, uh, yourself wearing? And I was like, well, I have no idea what a constable is. So I'm like doing research and thinking it's like a Bobby from over in England. Like, right, right. Please tell me I'm not going to wear a stupid hat. But yeah. Um, so then I was like, well, do you see it like dress clothes? What do you he goes? No, not dress clothes. And then I came in like two weeks later. He's like, I see you in dress clothes. And I was like, okay, we're in dress clothes. <laughs> so then we just got kind of, we figured out what we were going to do with it. And then I don't think we knew that it was going to be as good as it was. I think it was one of those things. Like I said, they were going to give me a bunch of stuff and it was, I was either going to sink or swim. Did you, uh, how long did it take for you to know this is actually going to work out? Um, it, it was cool because from the very first moment I walked out on the stage with a haircut, people were like, Oh, this is majorly different. This is, you know, it's not just the same guy, um, with a new move. It, it's a whole new kind of persona. And I think after the first few weeks when I was like, Oh, I can survive these seg one promos, I started to really feel it. And you could feel the difference from the audience because obviously there's a special attachment to Kurt Angle. And now I'm pushing this old man around. Like it, it's instant you know, hatred from certain people because they don't want to see you disrespect any legend. So it was kind of a cool spot to be in. And I think that's what um, really pushed it to the level it was at. Let's talk about that for about WrestleMania for a second. Um, is there anything, is there anything tough about that? You know, when, when, when you find out that you're going to be just like destroying a legend who everyone loves and, you know, we know that Kurt physically at this point, if you were around him at all, you obviously could tell, he wasn't in a great place to continue to do this, and he was given the last yeah, one. Yeah, he's he had. got a lot of miles. He's done you know this for a very long time, so you can see, and he's sore, he's beat up, but but, but he, he that, wanted to go. But like, dude, he, and he, he still I know does. He, he he still like, and he, he still can to an extent. Like, I wouldn't want to fight the guy no. in a parking lot <laughs> no. if, if you bumped into his car. You know what I'm saying? Like, he still is um, extremely gifted in being an athlete and sometimes old age gets the best of some people, but he's one of those guys where, dude, he's going to be 85 and if he shoots and takes you down, you're in trouble. Yeah, no, he's going to be like a Stu Harder. Like it's yeah, going to be a, a problem. Just doesn't matter. Yeah. He just has that special skill. So what, so what's it like though? Was he cool with the setup for WrestleMania? I think, and the, were you comfortable with dude, it? I mean, yeah, because I, I, it's something I wanted to be a part of and I loved the irritation it caused because people wanted to see him versus John Cena. So that was just easy, you know. And we're sure they were going to get it, Dude, by the way. And when, when, you know, wrestling fans are positive, which they are all the time, they're positive about <laughs> one you. thing. And then, we know a lot. Well, I mean, especially on Twitter. And then we know everything. Like, on Twitter, you know everything. Oh, you tricked me. I hated it. Or, oh, I was right. It was wrong. Like, you know, that's, that's typical. But, um, it was fun to pour gas on that fire because, you know, everybody was like, I want John Cena versus Kurt Angle in this epic match. And they're like, wait, we're getting Constable Corbin. Like that was the best part was just that that irritation it caused, and then to you know get the win at Mania, like that took it to Did a you, whole another level. So right away though, you ha you didn't have concerns that like for example, um, you know, winning in that fashion while awesome for being a bad guy, as someone who loves and respects someone, is there any bit of like because that match was quick? Yeah, I, mean, I think we were like ten minutes, something like that. So um, it ended up being. And by the way, I I had heard. Rumor mill that it was going to be quicker than that. I had heard it was going to be very quick, uh -huh. and then when we when I turn when I when I watched the match, turned out to be there was a little, there was some back and forth. Yeah, there was definitely some back and forth, you know. And he threw a moonsault in there, you know. It's pretty cool to see him go up. But yeah, I think um, for me the culmination was like once I got that win and stood up, and his his son gave me the finger, and he's he's like 
10. Like, that, <laughs> yeah. was a, that was awesome. It couldn't have been a, a better ending for me. But, um, you know, and, and he's going out with his, with his pride. And I think he's a guy who wants to truly give back to the business, which is rare. And I think it was, um, important to him to do that kind of the old school way yeah, out. Yeah, to go out that way. That is, yeah. that is the way it, it, you think, you would think for him it would make sense to go. It is. And, you know, it, it helps. Younger generation, I think there comes to a point where, you know, you've got to give that to the younger generation and, and it allows them to step onto that pedestal and be like, okay, this guy's special. Here's the torch. Let's see what you can do. Was it annoying, um, wrestling in the dress clothes? Dude, the worst. The, that collared shirt, it took me like, we were talking about hair. It took me like six tries to find a collared shirt that I could function in. Like the first one, I threw a punch and it exploded. I was going to say, you so, had to yeah. find some stretch somehow. Yeah. Then the second one, like the second I started sweating, it got tighter and tighter and tighter. Like it was horrible. Like, and then the jeans would get heavy when they're covered in sweat. But the dress shirt was rough because it just sticks to you. So when and you it's find hard it, to move. when you find the, when you find the one you like, do you tell the people in a wardrobe what it is and then they have them for you whenever? No, that's on me. You have to every yeah, time I go get I went to Express it. about every four weeks to buy five $90 shirts. And they were, they were really nice shirts. Yeah, dude. They, Cause the cheap ones were, they were awful. They wouldn't breathe. I mean, I rest. But you could reuse them. When you found the ones you wanted, they were reusable. Yeah. You could, you could, yeah, you could I, would get, I would get like three or four TV episodes out of one, but I could use it for all the live events. Because they started to shrink a little bit too. So when someone goes to them. see you in Little Rock, they're seeing your dusty ass shirt that you've worn like <laughs> yeah. eight times. So that's dead. Some guy was like, why is your shirt wrinkled? And I was like, it's been in my suitcase for six days, moron. Like, why do you think it's wrinkled? It's a house show. Yeah. I'm doing the best I can. Yeah. Um, and, I, and, I th- actually I think I told him his mom forgot to iron it. Uh, this, that, oh, that's see, what, yeah. that's what makes you great. Yeah. I think that's what it was. So he shut up pretty quick. Do you have any, do you really, do you enjoy being a bad guy? I love it. I absolutely love, um, the reactions I get from people. And, um, I was saying the other day, like, it's funny too, cause, you know, people are always tough behind the rail and stuff and when they say things. And on those live events, when you can acknowledge it and kind of go at them for a minute to watch the change in their face from I'm funny to now I'm scared is very, very cool because it's just, they don't realize how real it can get. And when you must particularly, let's be honest, I am sure those ones that you really dig in on are the fans who are not just going, boo, you suck, but they're trying to take the next step of, like, you're terrible, you, like, and actually yeah. insulting your or work. Or they're trying to be, like, funny, and they or they think they're smart. We have to deal with those those smart fans now, and uh, it's funny when when they don't see it coming, especially on social media. Like, when, I, when people are – go through my Twitter feed, there's, like, 8 million hateful tweets, but you always find the ones that uh, – they don't expect or think they would get a reply and they're just trying to be funny and then you destroy them. It, it's, it's a game. That's changer. real satisfaction. Yeah, it's so good. Um, now let's talk about something positive and that would be Friday night smackdown tonight at the Barkley Center. King Corbin is here. Um, would you consider yourself the star of smackdown? Without a doubt. I mean, for the last two years, I've been the star of WWE. So that is a really good point. And yeah. people, let's be clear. Cass, I don't know how much you know about, uh, King Corbin. People hate your guts. Just Facts. a little bit. Facts. I, just a little bit. When I walk out of the curtain, every single person boos. Yeah. Even little kids yell at me. Yeah, and you, you bring people together, though, in that sense. 100%. It's a together. This isn't like a John Cena thing, half cheering, no, half booing. No, this no, is all booing. Even when I, like, it's like, yes. when I wrestled John Cena, it was, like, weird because there was no, like, let's go Cena, Cena sucks. It was just, like, let's go Cena, Corbin sucks. Right. That was it. Everyone yes. agrees you suck. Yes. Um. Now, what's that like on the street? Like on a day-to-day basis, you're out and about today moving around New York City. 
how much of that do you get? Now, we talked about this earlier. You recently shaved your head. Yes. From a mix of it being annoying, and let's be honest, your hairline was running away it from was, you. It was, it was going, it the, was wrong going way. the wrong way. It was, I, I blame, you know what I blame? I blame football helmets for that, for just, it's my excuse, maybe. Right, right, right. Well, I wore a football helmet for like 25 years. Now, by the way, I never wore a football helmet, and I was gone also. Yeah, it happens. It, you it know? happens to the best of us. And so you moved on. Now, when you had the hair, I'm sure you were instantly recognizable all the time. Yes. Now you're a tall guy who can be wearing a scully. Yes. Not necessarily as easy to see. But how much screaming do you get on the street of people just saying you suck? Dude, as long as I – it's funny. I'll, if I can hide the tattoos and hide the head, usually I'm pretty good. But um, uh, no, everybody's a fan on the street because you can reach them. So oh, that's the oh, thing. oh so, they're yeah. in punching range. Dude, dude, you're my favorite of all time. Like that's what I get sometimes. And then they're probably walking around going, man, that guy's the worst. Like It's one of those things that uh, – uh, I think actually I hate to, to give Roman any credit for anything. Oh, but he said I've, I've never met a, a hater in real life. He, by the way, they're all, they're all haters at, at a safe distance. Now I will say this. That's, I've only met a couple haters in real life. However, think about it. I'm not exactly intimidating to say something to on the you street. You could bite somebody maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to just search your name on Twitter and see how mean people are saying things about it, you. It gets pretty bad sometimes. So those must be the one. Now have you ever wanted to pull, I don't know if you saw this on the internet recently, Cardi B recently. You know, she gets in her feelings sometimes when people come for her. Someone was tweeting about her. She really hit them with a, yo, where are you at? And they gave her the location, and Cardi B pulled up. For no, real. No. Yes. You saw it, right, Cass? It was in Harlem, I think. That's fantastic. And she pulled up for real, and she pulled, rolled down the window. And they probably were like, yo, I'm actually a real fan. Ex- that is exactly what happened. That's what goes on every. Have you? What's it? Si- uh, Jay and Silent Bob when they're like, "Yes, are you? Are you John seven eight four two? Did you say this? Like, yes, yes. Like, that's what it is. But dude, everybody in real life. It's funny because I want to start. You know, going to airports when you have all the fans there that are that got four suitcases of action figures trying to get you to sign. <laughs> And I want them to make up, uh, you have to pull up your Twitter, man, for me to sign anything. And if you're blocked, you're not signing, I'm not signing it. Cause dude, I block, I rampage block. If it's like, um, just a <laughs> stupid comment, like if you're trying to be smart, you're out. Like if it's some dude that's like, I hate you, you're the worst. Like, yeah. You're good awesome. with that. Yeah. What if, what if it's a creative dig? What if they're coming at you in a way that's kind of creative? There's, oh, I love that. Like if you're going to be entertaining, I'll, I'll entertain it. Because it, it's fun or like, you know, if, if they don't expect me to hit them back or if it's just way too easy, sometimes I'll destroy people. Like right now I'm on this kick of just taking pictures of their face and that's my reply. And then the best part is too, everybody's like, you're so mean, you're bullying them based on looks. I'm going, well, I didn't say anything about their looks. So you must be the bully. Like right. turning <laughs> it on people that are trying to do it. <laughs> exactly. Like, you guys are so dumb. It's Yo, too the, easy. This is the modern bad guy. You have to yes. use social media also. Well, it's dude, not just it's, in the social street. media is a cheat code. Because oh like, you can you can I, stay in, it's so dude, easy to be that guy but not even that they're just they tell you what they hate so you just amplify that although I'm gonna tell you right now because I'm searching and I, 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 tell me if you're experiencing this and I have been a Baron Corbin supporter for a very long time but I'm looking on Twitter now something changed in the last few weeks like I'm looking now and it's a lot of like is it bad that I like Baron Corbin. I have to admit Baron Corbin's good oh, so geez. did this did people well, they're gonna flip sides like. It's one of those things like if it becomes cool or if somebody like when the, when I did the stuff with the rock, but then he, you know, put me over on social media the next day, they were like, Oh yeah, yeah, I've always thought he was good. Like shut up. Yeah, stop. Don't, don't jump sides. I'm the only one who deserves to do that. You've I've been, been there OG. since day one. Oh gee, yeah. Now, um, let's talk about that night with the rock, the first Friday night SmackDown on Fox. Yes. 
um, the opening segment, opening night, the big, this is truly from a business standpoint. If you're a fan of WWE, this is arguably one of the most important nights ever in the company. Yes. It's, it's the debut on network television during primetime and it's going to be you. It's mostly going to be based around you and The Rock. You and Becky and The Rock. Yeah, and Becky's one of the hottest things and out Becky, there. And right Becky, of course, now. is scorching hot. Yeah. And, and, and then you're the bad guy who's going to have to deal with these two good guys. Yes. Um, take me through what it was like when you found out it was going to be you and what it was like working with The Rock. I know you've known him before, but that closely worked so, with him. So I've never actually like had a, a a serious conversation with him. Like it's always been kind of passing because. And you guys are similar. You're, you're both football players turned wrestlers. Yeah. yeah and I think that helped. Because we had a little conversation right in the door. That and watches were kind of our like straight in. But you're a big watch guy. Huge watch. What do you got guy. on right now? Uh, I got a white gold Daytona on. Okay, my my bad, my bad. All right, keep going. The so you fancy guys, stuff. All right, so you guys are talking big watch talk. Yeah, big face um, talk. No, but it's funny because I think call time uh, in LA is noon, and I got a text message like at eleven o'clock that was like, "Hey, we need you in the building now." And I was like, "I'm in my hotel, lounging, relaxing." So I had to hurry up and get ready, but they didn't tell me why. And then when I got there, they're like, hey, you're going to hop on the Rocks trailer. You're doing it. And I was like, wait, what? Like, that's how I found out. It was like last minute kind of thing. And, uh. Wait, and real quick, does that also mean the Rocks already there? He was not there yet. Okay. You're going to wait. Um, you're going to be there when he gets here. Without a doubt. Right, right. You right. You're going to be waiting for it's him. It's like Vince, like you, you want to kind of just be in plain sight in a nice suit at a certain time for him to walk by and just see you. Exactly. But, um, he he wasn't there yet. He was actually supposed to be there, but um, I think his flight got delayed or something. So he came in uh, about an hour later. But yeah, it was awesome to kind of put it together with him and get a feel because you know you don't want to step on any toes when you have someone like that. Like, do I want to say here's my idea? Do I want to just do what's on paper? Do I want to uh, you know do what he wants? And and I kind of was throwing some stuff out there, and he's like, I love it, dude. Do you like? Be a pile of crap if that's what you are. And, and he was, and he was just, was he just a super cool dude to be around? Dude, it's so awesome. Like a, a guy who is literally on the top of the stardom totem pole. Like he's the guy right now in the world, I think. Like, I mean, seriously, not like dude, not, this isn't just, it's not a wrestling movie. thing. Yeah, it's life no, this thing. is like in the world. And there's also just something about him. If you've ever been around him, like you're drawn to that dude. He's like, he's an, ele- he's an electric dude. Yeah. There's if you've no never seen TV before and he walks by, you're going, whoa. <gasps> That who's that dude? He's awesome. Like it's just that instant. Although it's so thing. funny you say that because at this point, if any human being said, "Who is that?" about The Rock, even <laughs> if they were eighty, you'd be like, "Really? You don't yeah. know who The Rock yeah, is?" Yeah, dude, bounce their head off the table. Well, listen, uh, if you want to see Baron Corbin and all the SmackDown superstars, there are a few tickets left for the Barclays Center tonight. SmackDown um, doors seven o'clock. Six o'clock probably for doors. Um, eight o'clock they go live on Fox, of course, but it is SmackDown at the Barclays Center tonight. If you want to call up right now, if you hate Baron Corbin, King Corbin, and you want to call him trash and scream at him, 1-800-223-9797, you, you can entertain some of that? Yeah, yeah. All right, Baron Corbin's here. It's Ebro in the morning, Hot 97. So he was promoting one of his uh, TV shows that he did, that the competition show he did a few years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they did a radio buy. So I went down there to promote the show, but it was right after WrestleMania at – um met life when okay. he closed the show and so i had to keep it about the show basically and so i did that for like and i only had like eight minutes with him it's and and i did like four minutes on that and i was like i gotta ask you about wrestlemania so at that point the rumor was he had left angry like he had left the building didn't talk to vince there was like all this all the dirt sheets had all this stuff yeah. about it and so i was like i gotta ask you about this stuff and when i dug in the the way that he the way that he like turned up and got into it and then, like, the people tried to come over and stop the interviews. It was time. And he was like, 
I'm good. Like he wanted to just stay, yeah. and then we ended up by talking about Owen and like you know things that were meaningful to. He just he still loves Dude, the business so much, so much passion for it, and like to, well to come back and do that show. I, I know, mean, like you said, as the biggest star in the world right now, he he took time out of his schedule to come. It's a full day, man. Like, yeah, that's not giving nothing. I think his time is valuable, and it is. So, like, what time did he get there that day? Was he there by the middle of the day? No, he was there by one o'clock. Wow. And and like I said, he would have been there by noon. I called times noon, and and he would have been there early had his plane not been delayed. Like it was out of his control. Like he was there on time, and was go as soon as he got there. You know, he went and saw Vince, and he came in, and we met in the trailer, and he talked about this and did that, and, like, he's full go all the time. You can tell he's it's awesome. just so meaningful for him, you know, and and I think I would imagine for him the family part of it. It's like when he stays close to the wrestling business, it's like staying close to his family. 100%. I mean, the bloodline is there in, ingrained in WWE forever. Yeah, I mean, literally going back. All right, let's see if any of these people really want to talk to you. Okay, then they could just be like, well, I want tickets. I'm assuming that's what they'll be, or they're all going to say they're fans now. Hello? Hot 97. Hello? Good talk. Good chat. Thank you. Glad you waited. Hot 97, hello? Hello? Hey, hey, what's up? What's up, brother? You want to talk to Baron Corbin? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Go ahead. What do you want to say to him? I have my son here. He's a WWE fan. Okay. Well, ask your son what he wants to say to King Corbin. Come on, say your name. He sucks. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, he's grounded. I'm sorry, life. man. Just ground that little kid, man. He can't morning, leave the house. Brother. Or just you put know, him out in the cold. Uh, King Corbin says you need to ground your kid for life. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I will. I will. Trust me. No, I appreciate everything you do for for the company and for the fans. You know, I have been a WWE fan since I'm 32 now, since I was a baby. You know, Stone Cold, Mankind, all these guys, and you guys kill it out there. That's awesome. Thanks, man. Thank you, man. I I didn't want you to say anything nice to him, but thank you very much, bud. Appreciate it. No, no. You know, I I, I love every wrestler. I collect them, too. I'm 32 years old. I still collect action figures. Oh, that's that's, that's, (laughs) that's special stuff. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Good morning to all you guys out there and the table. All right. Appreciate it. You, too. Uh, Nice guy. Hello. Hot 97. Hello. Hey, what's going on? Hey, man. You want to say something to King Corbin? Go ahead. I'm, I'm Yo, listening. Corbin, what's up, dude? Hanging out, hanging Yo, out I here think, in New York. Uh, nice, dude. Yo, if, uh, if you had to say, who would win in a fight? You were the rock. Uh, me, definitely me. I- I'm going to say I can beat up what everybody, your, though. What would your method be? Uh, punch him in the face repeatedly. <laughs> I feel like that's a good that's good sick. target. That's sick. That's Thank you. The way to do it. Thank you, Joe. It's a good it's a good call out of you. It's a it's a deep question too. Let's go to Maria. Hot ninety seven. Hello. Hello. Am I on the radio? Oh hey no. Well kind of. You're talking to King Corbin. What do you got? Yeah. So I was just calling to see if it's possible to get some tickets for tonight's show. I don't. I don't, I don't think we have. I don't have any right now. I'm sorry, man. We gave them. We were giving. We were giving WWE tickets away like the last two weeks, but we don't have any today, man. I'm sorry. Uh. You can ask King okay, Corbin, though. He can right. say no to you if you want. Wabbit? Yeah, it's a hard no. Yeah, Cor- Cor- says no. Corbin says hard no. Sorry, man. All right, thank you. Sorry, good luck. <laughs> Hot 97, hello. What's going on? Yo, man, you're talking to King Corbin. What's up, King Corbin? I've since early days, man. I've been, you've been doing your thing all these years, coming out of Kansas City. I love it. 
I appreciate that. I like the Kansas City reference. Yeah, I'm from Kansas myself. So oh, yeah. Kind of close to the hometown. Yeah. Let's, you guys want to have some barbecue talk? Just, barbecue and cheese, man, right man. there. Hey, yeah. bud. Thanks for we calling, man. Barbecue for good, this area. good luck with no good problem, luck with man. The, have a good night. All right, brother. Take it easy. Good luck to the Chiefs. How are you feeling about your Chiefs this year? Feeling pretty good? Feeling good. They're fine in the zone. Yeah, but the playoffs always scare me because Andy Reid's not a playoff coach. No, no. Well, he's a playoff losing coach. Yeah, that's not good for what I want. <laughs> I mean, now, come on, man. Now, so, but, like, and everybody's like, well, what do you mean? Well, oh, he left Philly. They got a Super Bowl. I know. I know. Listen, I, I actually feel bad for Andy Reid. And I'm in, Why? I know, because I just, like, he seems like a good dude, and he just can't win in the playoffs. Like, why do you feel bad for him? Because of that. Because, like, every time, dude, I feel like, dude, I feel bad for you guys, period. Yeah, feel bad for us. You guys have not won a home, you won a home playoff game last year. Yes, for and the then first lost. time. For the first yeah. time in a million years. Yeah. Um, and, but you got a pretty good draw last year. It was, yeah. um, who, who was the first game against? Um, not Tennessee. What was it? Patriots? No, 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 no. They won. We brought, it was um, Indianapolis. Yes. You got, you got you got Andrew Luck, and they'd been really hot, actually. And they had a missed field goal in the first half that could have closed the game up a little bit. They didn't. You guys ended up really taking yeah. them out in the second half. Well, I worry about this year because I feel like we'll see Baltimore. And no dude, one wants to see that. Dude, they're on. We beat them already once this year, so uh, not only to beat them twice, and I was at that game. Um But it's hard to beat a team twice, and, dude, he's crushing right now. Do you, uh, do you get love from the Chiefs? Uh, yeah, I do a little bit, uh, especially on social media, kind of they're, they're whoever their social media reps awesome. But, um, buddy of mine, do you ever watch Modern Family? Yeah, of course. Eric Stone Street. Yeah, he's yeah. A oh, big yeah. Big Chiefs fan. And, and so we've become friends. And so, um, didn't someone from Modern Family just buy a team? Yeah, he did. It was Royals. him, right? He bought, yeah. he bought the Royals. He bought, right. it, he bought it. I'm part of the Royals. So they're kind of like getting new people in on that, that board. Are you a Royals fan too? No. Okay, but I just don't like baseball. What, what's what, real quick? Um, what what was your take a take a brief tour of your football history? How far did you go? So uh, obviously high school, then college, and then um, three years in the NFL, essentially. But it was like what teams? So I was in Indy for six months, maybe, um, which was cool because Peyton was there, so I was there with Peyton, and then um, I got released like week one or two, and then spent like the next six weeks at home, and then went to Arizona. And then finished the year in Arizona and the next, uh, so I finished that year in Arizona on practice squad with Kurt Warner. So I had two of the best quarterbacks That's pretty of cool all experience. time in one year. Then was there the whole next year, um, for mostly practice squad and a couple actives and then, uh, the next year as well. So you were like the definition of like a grunt, hardworking, trying yes. to make it NFL dude. Yeah. I mean, it, of, and, there are tons of people so, like this, but not, not really, because what people don't understand is like getting to the practice squad, it, it means you're on the level. You're just right. You know, they're running, you got 10 alignment on a team and eight of them, seven of them might be active. The rest are going to be practice squad. So you're legit the backup. They're just not paying you the money that the other dudes are making. So you're but doing, what I mean by that is it's an experience that there are all these people who make it to the highest level, yeah. come up one millimeter short and have to go through this grind. And we just don't know 100%. those stories usually. Dude, and it, and it, and it's frustrating. But then there's people who just, um, I feel bad for it, who can't let go. You'll see a dude who maybe smelled like a rookie mini camp, which is the definition of almost being there. Right. And then they spend the next seven years like paying to go to tryouts where the dude are just taking your money. Like, 
stuff like that. Like their agents are trying with all these teams or they're trying to bounce to Canada and back. But the Canadian league's weird too. Cause if you sign there, like I got offered like three teams in Canada. I was like, no thanks. But you sign like a two year deal. So even if somehow you find it and blow up, you're not going to uh, be able to go back to the NFL right away. So it is definitely a grind. And there's some dudes that need to let it go and some guys that hang on and make it. All right. Um, I got to, I got to go and do work apparently, but I got to uh, do that today too. Yeah, I mean, it, it, but, but I get to beat people up at work. I'll, Probably Roman Reigns tonight. But by the way, and I, did you bring dog food or is it, no? I, I've always got it on reserve. <laughs> that stuff smells horrible. It looked by like the it way. smelled. Horrible. I'll tell you what, though, was my favorite thing on SmackDown in, in this new version of SmackDown, dude. It, it was the most old school wrestling thing that has happened in a in a minute. Yes, and also everybody's like, "We want more Attitude Era." Wait, you gave us some Attitude Era? Ah, we don't like it. Like, um, you we basically have two amazing finishers right now. Well, I guess one's technically a finisher. The other's like a secondary. What, what, which do you prefer? Uh, in today's, just because no one's ever kicked out of it. Like it's, I think it's still special. And, and people, when it hits, there's a, there, you hear that like the bottom drop out of the audience because they know it's over. It, 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 I, it's my favorite. It's my favorite finish in the business right now. It has been original. for a long time. Now, but have, have people told you, I, so I, I've went on my end of days mission before. Okay. And hardcore fans will throw out one name at you for a finish that's okay. comparable. Have you heard it before? No. Abyss. Oh, with the black hole slam? Yeah. They that, com- but it's different. That's with Deep Six. That's close to Deep Six. Oh, sorry. That's close to Deep Six, not end yeah. of days. End of days has no real comparison that I can none, think of. None. Where but you- I love Abyss. Oh, really? You're an Abyss Dude, fan? He's awesome. He's one of our producers now. He's fantastic. And would you, how long has he been a producer? Six months to a year. Wow, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Um, and, but the, um, the deep six is close to the, to his slam. It spins the opposite way and I go under, I go under the guy and he goes over. So it's, where'd you get end of days from? Um, by accident, screwing around at the performance center. Like it just happened and like when we landed, I was like, dude, this might be awesome. And it was. So it's, so it's just like a a musician riffing around. You're like, whoa, whoa, did we just find something? Exactly like that. Dude, that's amazing. Hey, I'm a big fan. I'm happy you're doing so well, man. Congrats on everything. Thank you. Baron Corbin, ladies and gentlemen. It's professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. At this time, I would like to introduce in the corner to my left. The majesty. Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. Went to makeup and like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce. Shout out to that guy, Greg. Red Heart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Mutt, 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 Mitch.